<laughs> paper, yeah. It's our time. One love. It's Juneteenth. We're here actually at Juneteenth Grove on Cadman Plaza. I'm here with Jocelyn Taylor, another candidate for mayor of New York City. And we're about to walk around. We're about to talk some and, you know, do what we do. Do what we do. Of course, spread love. See the people. You already know it's going down. <laughs> paper, yeah. Uh. I don't know if we're started yet. We'll probably get more started started once we're over on the other side. But, you know, just wanted to have like a casual conversation. And also, especially being, it's so many things happening right now. It's um, the election season, obviously. It's also uh, Pride Month. It's also Juneteenth which is why we're doing this. It's Juneteenth. It's also the anniversary of many of the protests that were happening right here in the city and in Brooklyn just last summer. So kind of wanted to, you know, take a step back and, and talk about all of that. And I'm curious, first off, I there's a lot of like things to talk about, yeah. but I'm curious too about how you're feeling. We were saying before, you know, we're both running for mayor. Mm -hmm. I'm running for mayor. You are, are running for mayor yes. of New York City, both as Democrats. Um, so wanted to get kind of how you're feeling right now, just that, like starting there. Well, you know, we're coming close to them right now. And I have to say, I am still very much energized and I'm feeling good about this election. I'm feeling good about a lot of the conversations that we've had, the different voices that we've been able to hear from in this election. I think we have, you know, um, you know how they talk about the mosaic, right? right? We have a mosaic of people running for mayor right now. And people have a lot of opportunity to pay attention to what people are saying and utilize their power in a positive way for us to be able to really create some change. So I'm excited about that possibility and hope that people are using this moment, seeing this moment for what it is. And I'm just happy for us to be at this point right now where we're coming to the end. Cause you know, you're running for office. You know how long this has been, right? Yes, it's been a, it's been a long time and you know, Speaking of running for office, there's so many, there's multiple black candidates running for mayor of New York City specifically, um, which is an awesome thing. Uh, but like you mentioned, a mosaic, you know, there's a mosaic of uh, different types of people and then also mosaic of ideas, right? Yeah. We're not all on the, as, as there should be. We shouldn't all necessarily be thinking the same thing. So, um, so yeah, I'm curious to like where you feel like you fall uh, as, or, or where you feel like you are as it relates to other candidates and their um, ideas in this election. How, how, how would you say you're separated from or, 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 yeah, I'm curious about that. Yeah, and you know, some of the candidates have utilized my ideas and you know that's great i appreciate it um but i think the difference between myself and other candidates is this it's great to have ideas about what it is you want to do but we have to be able to implement things 
you know, I posted something about Juneteenth today, and it was a picture with someone's hands that were in chains that were being broken, right? But, and when I posted it, I wrote, I said, you know, although the physical chains are gone, there's still chains that are binding us. And there's still things that we have to fight against and we have to be willing to stand up unapologetically and talk about so we can see real change within everyone's community. So, you know, and what's the way to do that? You can't do that if on election day when you win, the people that you're calling or the people that are reaching out to you to congratulate you are people that paid for your election. Are exactly. of people that paid for your election, right? And look how much we've been able to do with so little. And that's the beauty of our communities, right? We can create something from nothing every day, all day, right? Exactly, exactly, 100%. And, that, and that's why, you know, it's important for us to stick together as, as candidates that are, you know, not buying into that whole financial system in the same way. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to have a moment where we both come together and reflect and kind of let the people of the city know and our supporters as well that, you know, we're here to show up for black people in a real way. Yeah, and I think, you know, this day is so significant. You know, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, um, they made it a national holiday. I, I think that that's great and that's amazing. Um, when I think about this day and what it represents, and I think about the people that came before me, my ancestors and everything that they went through, I, I want people to remember and understand that this is just a first step. Right. We have a lot more to do as it relates to making sure that we create true equity in this country, not just the city and the state, but in this country. And I am so honored to my ancestors because sometimes I think about what they went through and I wonder if I would have survived. I wonder what I would have been like in those situations. Imagine fighting all your life. Right. 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 And, and we're still fighting. Right. And as I was going to say, we're still fighting right now. But it's a different fight. It's a, it's a, our fight is that much easier because of the work that, yes. the, and the groundwork that was laid down. And, you know, I talk to folks all the time about how I'm super appreciative and I try to make the most out of the opportunity that I have, that we both have to run for mayor of this city and to have the chance to become mayor of the city because I remember, you know, there was a time that we couldn't even vote, mm -hmm. let alone run for office, let alone actually have a chance to do it and do it in our own way, to do mm -hmm. it as a woman, to do it as whoever we are, right, yes. as folks. This is all a new thing. So mm -hmm. um, really making the most of that because the struggles that we go through, someone else is going to benefit from later on and like, yes. oh, be so thankful that these doors were already broken down. Yeah, and hopefully when either one of us win, the struggle will end as well. Some of that struggle will end, right? Because, you know, the, the electing of either one of us is going to be history-making. It will be history Definitely. in the making. So, Definitely. you know, 
we have an opportunity. We're already part of history in this moment, right? right? And just, you know, I, you know, when we look at ourselves and we look at our lives, like, look at myself. I, I come from a NYCHA development in East New York, mm. a, a housing project that's considered one of the worst housing projects in this city. Right. And I want people who live in NYCHA, I want those little boys and those little girls to look at me and know that anything is possible and that those are not just words, it's a reality. Right, right. Exactly. And, you know, I feel like a lot of times, and I, I said this, I, I mentioned in a post, but I feel like a lot of times black folks in this city particularly, but in this nation, get uh, overlooked or purposefully purposefully disenfranchised is the mm -hmm. real wor word in so many ways in business, but definitely when it comes to the government taking care of its own, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, we're the original children of this country, done so much to build this country, you know, when you look at, uh, in so many ways, in so many ways, I mean, slavery and what that did to help propel America forward and even propel the world forward and then the innovations from Africa, West Africa, North Africa, East Africa, how that has helped to influence the Western world so much. And now when it comes time to actually help folks provide a path forward, you know, uh, right the wrongs that were done, there's no honest effort there. I mean, like even if you look at in office right now, we have Joe Biden who ran on black people put Joe Biden in office. Black folks in Georgia did it and he barely won. And if you ask me, the other guy probably won, right? And and but black folks showed up for him in in a real way in the Democratic Party, but they consistently failed black people. Even the black politicians consistently failed them. And we talked about this a little earlier when we mentioned uh, you know folks being in the pocket of other people and having. But it's gotten to a point where it's making folks feel like they can't trust their own because they get up in there and then they don't do anything to serve us. So I, I'm curious to how you feel like you would show up and for like black folks specifically and where the holes kind of are right now that you see in, yeah. in our government. And you know, what you said is very significant and important. And I want to address part of that too, because I think that in order to change that dynamic, what we do have to have is not just votes, but also effective communication and education right? And expectations, because we should vote with some expectations tied to it, right? Um, you know, when we look at other people that support candidates that look like us, when they support those candidates, they support them with some expectations tied to it. So we have to be able to have that same level of expectation and pay attention and stop electing the same type of people and expecting different results. You know, and one of the things, you know, within my administration, one of the things that I say, is that this listen we all have a societal contract right? right but the contract has to work for everyone right and I can't keep paying into a system that's building wealth and legacy for other people while our communities continue to struggle because if we look at it then we're just modern-day sharecroppers right 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 so we have to ensure that the diversity of the dollars going into the pot match who and how those dollars are spent Definitely. Where are we spending those dollars? Definitely. Because they are everyone's dollars. And we can do that 
and everyone could be okay. But I think some people who have everything are so afraid of losing that, you know, they hold on to it so tight. They hold on to it so tight as opposed to just being open to showing, you know, giving everyone the opportunity for growth, everyone for the opportunity to have something and to be okay. It's not going to diminish you. Right. It's not going to take anything away from you. What are you afraid of? Right. Right. So we have to have a government that actually works for people that's going to take the funds of the people because it's our money mm-hmm. and make sure that everyone sees a positive result. So I have uh, one of my policies is to turn and I I, want to bring this up to you as someone who, you know, grew up in public housing. One of my policies is to turn NYCHA into mansions. And it's the idea kind of talking about some of what you're saying of, you know, we've so long got used to. I mean, it's we've normalized giving folks the bare minimum when that's not how it needs to be mm-hmm. we normalize giving folks the bare minimum and we, we talked before about results we've seen the results of that mm-hmm. we've seen the results yes. we, we have plenty of results now there's a lot of good and great that comes from that a lot of success stories but then there's a, a lot of numbers and things that are troubling so being able to reverse the narrative and and invest more in a real way you know like we should be building our NYCHA complexes, especially with the, the mindset of the things that were done uh, in the past in this country and uh, what Juneteenth is all about. But we should be building our NYCHA complexes like we're building a house for LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Not like we're building a house that I, I don't want my, that I don't want to live in, right? Mm-hmm. That, that the, even the developers, they don't want to live there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, and our, I, I have the same mindset with our schools, mm-hmm. with our streets, all of these things. We have to take it to the highest level and we can get more out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a busted down car, it, it, you're not going to be able to go that far. When you have a really nice car, you can go far. It's going to be a comfortable ride. You're going to feel good. People going to say, oh, that's your car. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So having that same energy towards our towards our people and and definitely i the folks in in nitra as well i wanted to bring that up to you just as a yeah and we have to understand that if we want to lift the city up we have to lift it up from the bottom we have to lift up the people in every community that are the most vulnerable um we can't try to lift it up from the top down it's not going to work you know as it relates to the nitra developments you know three generations of my family lived in that apartment Right. So that's very significant. And I think we do need to bring ownership opportunities to those NYCHA residents because it's going to create stable communities. Um, It's going to create generational wealth because that's the best way to, you know, create wealth in this city. Everybody should own something. Remember, back in the days, that was American dream, right? right? To have a house with a white picket fence. Well, that dream needs to be able to be realized for everyone, regardless of community. Um, so I think it's very important. We get a return on what we invest in, right? If you look at the city's budget right now, in the city's budget, there's $6 billion allocated for new jails, right? So what is that saying? 
Right. What do we invest in? We're willing to invest in jails to lock people up. But are we willing to invest in education so that they can have a better future and not get locked up? Are we willing to invest in livable, livable wages? You know, one of the first things I want to look at as mayor of the city is city employees. How much are we paying them? Like the city has to lead by example. You have the city paying employees in this moment $30,000, $35,000 a year. You can't live one off of that in New York. Definitely. You definitely. can't. So definitely. we need to look at those wages that we're paying people and give people money. If that's how you want the economy to come back, you know how the economy will come back? Pay people a decent wage right. and they will start spending money. Right. right. I think I have a song that I'm uh, working on and it's about, you know, giving people money. You know, basic income is a big part of my platform. But uh, as it relates to this moment, Juneteenth reparations and just also... Uh, social equality, social and economic equality, um, and equity. I have a song that working on about wealth redistribution, and it's like, reset the system, redistribute wealth. I'm giving out paper, I'm giving out help. I'm spreading this love for sure you can tell. Pull up and go screech like it's saved by the bell. Politicians funny like David Chappelle. I'm passing out green, I ain't talking kale. They trick us in school and throw us in jail. Reset the system, redistribute wealth. You know, that's mm -hmm. the hook of it. But I like know, it. <laughs> thanks. The, I, and the idea, the idea of that being, you know, we have to say, okay, the 99% are so poor collectively compared to the 1%. And so we have to find ways to redistribute wealth and definitely along racial lines especially acknowledging the history of this country like i don't know how like i think and and just getting into it and we're about to wrap up here but getting into it you know like the things that were actually done in slavery were war crimes they're horrific mm -hmm. you know the colonialism um in of colonialism of culture of land of people mm -hmm. uh the the breeding that was done of of people like it's it's crimes against humanity it's literal crimes against humanity and the effects of it are still being shown they're not and there's no honest methods put there to heal and and, and our campaign is about love and we have to heal mm -hmm. we have to heal so we can move forward i think that would yeah. do a that like we that would because yeah no one living now did the things in 18, 17, 1600s, right? But, and no one living now experienced those things in that direct way. But the benefits that came from it, the trauma received from it has been transferred through generations and without yeah. any, like, I don't get how folks can understand, uh, you know, PTSD and understand how plants grow and trees grow and understand the, the evolution but not understand how these effects can cause harm to communities damage and 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 you know break yeah communities and then you know in the most simplistic form you have to understand that if you were let's just say like if your parents were back in 1850 and they were going through this and they raised you as a child based upon that experience, right? right. As a child, you're going to take that in. And what are you going to know to pass on to your child? Right. 
the same thing. Right. Right. So, you know, it's not as simple as saying, oh, you weren't born in that time. Right. You got to understand in raising us, there are certain things that affected us as communities that our parents had to instill in us because of the times that they live in. I'm going to give you an example of this. My parents, my mom in South Carolina grew up very poor. Her mom died when she was about 12. She didn't know who her dad was. She didn't have any aunts and uncles. Her and her brothers and sisters basically raised themselves. Wow. There were a lot of times when they didn't have food and stuff, right? And, you know, my mom, because of that, would not waste anything, especially as it relates to food. Now, I grew up in a time that once I started working and got a little older, things were a little different. But I would go out with my mom, and no matter when I went out with my mom, you know how you go to a restaurant, they might give you bread. Right. They might give you condiments or whatever. My mom would take all of that stuff with her, mm. even if she didn't need it. Right. Because even still, even knowing that she can go home, to have now she owns a home right. she has food she's right. not in that situation of course but she still remembers those times yeah and she still is not going to waste right. anything and can't even so, take a risk of, yeah, of getting there yeah exactly so we have to understand that that's how that passes on from generation to generation and you hope to be able to be in a position of breaking those generational curses but we have to acknowledge that they still exist Right. right. And if we're still uh, spending the money and we right. still want to have the benefit on the other end, like you right. said, we have to acknowledge and we have to do something. You know, change is an action word. Right. You can't just and it goes beyond a holiday. Right. 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 Because technically you can never really pay back the black community for all that they have done in this country. Right. But oh, we got to start right. somewhere. Right. 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 You you can't. But you can try. And uh, I misspoke earlier when I said that folks aren't alive because there are folks who are still alive who went through these things and who were uh, experienced uh, a lot of the effects and post effects of the, the slave trade and especially here on the East Coast. And I know even during COVID, someone's bringing up the point to me of like, you know, that's why this fight is so important here in this moment, because we still have many of our seniors who are alive for a lot of this stuff and are witnesses to it mm -hmm. and the same way how they're bringing up you know cases of other things from years back there's so many cases to be made about the racism and uh, uh, hate crimes that were committed against uh, black folks all throughout this country all throughout this city as well and you know making sure that we have the litigation and um, make the legal motions that we need to make right now while some of these folks are still alive mm -hmm. and can be the direct beneficiaries of it and their families um of the results of these of these yeah. uh the cases you know and i sometimes i think that these are tough conversations to have and right. they're conversations that people don't want to have but we need to have these conversations to move forward right and know that it's coming from a place of right. love like you said exactly. right spread love it's not that we don't love society we love society but you know what we're tired of fighting all of our lives right. and we're tired of living in this same way right you know we weren't put on this earth to fight all of our life right and right. you can't be fake forever. Like this city, this country, this city is just running on being fake. It's so fake. That's how somebody like Donald Trump was able to get in office because they mistake something that's a little bit out of the or ordinary for real because they've been so used to fake. They've been fed 
fake for so long. And so they don't want to have real conversations around these things. They want to put up ads where it's uh, for people of different colors and be like, it's all good, instead of actually talking about the things that are going on, uplifting the folks that are actually going through things right here, right now in the moment, and, and empowering those vo voices, shifting the power dynamic. Mm-hmm. Juneteenth, happy Juneteenth to you. Happy can, Juneteenth. Can I have a hug? Yes. Can, of yes. Course. Let's let's. Is this? Yeah, we might be messing up the the camera here, but I wanted to give you it's a good okay. hearty hug and I didn't want to break and, your thing. So, oh, you thank know. you. And we're gonna take some photos just to you know let folks know we came together in solidarity and that we're moving forward. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Tuesday is the election. Let's get out and vote, yes. people. Let's do this. Yes. We're, we're All right. Top paper. Yeah. It's our time. I'm here with Joycelyn Taylor, Paperboy Love Prince. Um, this is the Paperboy Prince podcast. Again, shout out to Zach, Stefano, and shout out to all of you. Make sure you like, subscribe, rate the podcast, let folks know. And oh, yeah. Like I said, voting day is coming up. We're going to do a special emergency voting podcast, too. Um, so maybe we'll record that on the fly. Yes. And let folks know uh, to, we can find you. Your website is? My website is taylor42021.com. I'm on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at taylor42021. Dope. <laughs> favor, yeah. It's our time. Okay. One love. Joycelyn, it's our time. I like that. I like it. I'm down with a remix. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>